0: Uh, Two-minute opening statements, and again, because of the coin toss, uh, first opening statement goes to?
1: No. Is that better? All right. does that part of my two minutes, Bernie? (laughs) It is not. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank you all for being here. I want to thank all of the sponsors for putting this event on. I want to thank my opponent and Bernie. Um, It's very important that our community hears what both of us have to say, so thank you for being here. Eight years ago, I was elected as your Springfield City Treasurer, and eight years ago, I never thought I'd be sitting here doing this. This is a surprise to me. Um, It is a surprise to me because I just thought I was going to become the treasurer and do that for 12 years and then figure out my life from there. But my leadership style guides me in a different direction. My leadership style tells me that it's important that we have changes in our community with our infrastructure our streets, our sidewalks, with our homelessness situation to be a champion for the people who need us for economic development to bring jobs and growth to our community. Beautification of the city is something I'm passionate about. Our entryways need to be improved. And in City Hall, we need to streamline our operations and do more to make it business friendly and customer friendly for you, our citizens. So those are some of the reasons that I decided to run for office. And I have to say that my parents are here and my husband is here. My husband, Mike, and I live on the north end. We raised our children in Springfield. We have two grandchildren and they've been so supportive with me. And I just want to say thank you to them during my opening statement because I might forget during my closing statement. So we're going to do it now, but I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and get to work for you as your mayor.
0: Mayor, thank you. Treasurer Busher. Mayor Langfelder.
2: Thank you. Good evening, and thank you to the Chamber of Commerce, WMAY, and Illinois Times for the opportunity to discuss Springfield's future. I'm Mayor Jim Langfelder, lifelong resident of Springfield, dedicated husband for 33 years, father of three adult children, and one precious grandchild. I served in the private sector in retail and in banking and as city treasurer for 12 years and nearly eight years as mayor. My leadership successfully led Springfield through a two-year financial crisis when the state of Illinois did not have a budget. During that time, the state stymied growth by owing our medical community over $100 million and CWLP over $15 million. For the last three years, we all endured the health crisis. During this unprecedented time, I continued city services while protecting our workforce, with zero layoffs or furloughs. We did over over $50 million of infrastructure improvements, provided $1.5 million in utility assistance to struggling businesses and residents, and helped over 70 businesses with a public-private microloan fund, implemented ShotSpotter and license plate readers to protect our community, partnered with School District 186 to provide hotspots for remote learning, partnered with Salvation Army to provide 24-7 homeless shelter services, partnered with Related Midwest to do a $36 million housing and workforce training project for Poplar Place, one of our highest-crimed areas. And we also partnered with YMCA and Memorial Health Services to build the $30 million state-of-the-art downtown YMCA. I put the City of Springfield in a solid financial position enabling us to catch up with Springfield's growth by building the first new modern firehouses in over 25 years and first expansion of Lincoln Library services in decades. We will continue the momentum by building on the best of our community's strengths so all Springfield will be thriving. I appreciate everyone's attention tonight's discussion and appreciate your vote on April 4th.
0: Thank you, Mayor. I I think... uh, Let's try to hold down the applause as we go along during the debate because that will allow for more questions. Right? Um, uh, let us. Uh, first question goes to Treasurer Busher again, because of the coin toss. How can you make opening a business and doing business in Springfield easier?
1: I think that's an easy one. We need to streamline our services in City Hall. We need to have online permitting. We need to have online plant submission. If I hear a complaint from our business community, once I've heard it a hundred times, we're difficult to do business with is what they tell me. It's part of why I'm running. It's not our employees. It's the system that's in place. It's time for us to streamline our systems, do more business online and make it easier for those who want to come into our community and start business. And those who are in our community, starting businesses to have a user-friendly environment in city hall. It is my goal to have everything online. I have worked extremely hard for the past eight years in the treasurer's office and we have a lot online that was never online before. And I promise you as your mayor, you will be able to have online plan submission, you will have online applications and payments so that it's easier to do business in Springfield. The second thing I would like to do, Bernie, is I would like to create a position that will walk the process through from when you apply to when it is approved and that employee will call you and give you updates on your application. Currently, we have to have the public search with us and call us and leave messages to find out where that process is. We need to be more customer-friendly and take care of those businesses that we are attracting to our community.
0: Uh, Mayor Langfelder, also, how do you make opening a business and doing business easier? Yeah, I know the
2: importance of online. That's why as treasurer, I uh, helped develop the ARIA system. A centralized database for uh, collections the other thing is with CityWorks we adopted that and the important thing when your mayor moving into a new position is not necessarily build on your own and see what you can do you need to assess what's being there right now so we've done that we've adopted CityWorks it's a platform across all our department lines it allows for online permitting uh, and the most important thing it does is make sure CWLP Public Works all our departments are working together succinctly, whether it's for businesses or for you as residents. So if you have an issue that you call in on, we understand the workflow of that project, where it is instead of paper sitting on someone's desk waiting for them to come back to process it. The other thing is we're working with the Springfield and Growth Alliance and the Chamber of Commerce uh, to take a look at the developer's agreement. The developer's agreement was a, uh, you know, an agreement uh, that was under the Hesera administration, We've worked through the process so we can start rebuilding our roads and have planned development so we can take care of urban sprawl. The other thing, we're looking at city code to take a look at where we can uh, improve things for today's service levels. For instance, Bank of Springfield, they had a stacking issue with banks uh, stacking on their drive-ups. So we're looking at that and revising the code and uh, listening to our business community in partnership to make our services better than what they can be today.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, second question, also a business one, and this one goes to Mayor Langfelder. First, what kind of business would you like to see come to Springfield? Is manufacturing possible, or what other class of business would you like? Are you trying to get here?
2: I think the uh, most important thing we can do. I come from banking, is retain what you have and build upon it. So we have target industries, uh, you know, everybody understands the importance of our medical communities, especially coming out of the pandemic. We should be partnering with them, and we are doing that with the Springfield Sanger Growth Alliance, identifying entities that would complement what they do, whether it's SIU School of Medicine, Memorial, St. John's HSHS, we have uh, at Springfield Clinic, we have a great medical area. But you do that across all our industries with regards to education, energy, and really assess what we have and what would build on their important assets. Like LRS, uh, Bunn, Brantz, they're all global communities. They have resources and they have individuals that need those resources. Those are the types
0: of businesses we should assess and try to attract to Springfield. Treasurer Busher, kind of business we should be getting?
1: Yes, sir. Uh, The business I want to attract is more business in the tech industry. I have a 28 year old that works in tech and we have no jobs in Springfield for her. None. That's a problem. If I want my daughter to live in the town I live in, I talked to one of our big tech industry companies here in Springfield and said, if we want to get more tech industries in Springfield, how do we talk to the affiliates you do business with? Who are they? And how do we get to them to ask them? Why are you not in Springfield? How do we get you in Springfield? And the person I spoke to said, Misty, you are the very first city official to ever ask me that question. We have to attract industries that will be good for our citizens. The tech industry, they have higher paying jobs than most industries. The tech industry also, over 25% of their jobs do not require a four-year bachelor's degree. So our, our employers, like our students at Lincoln Land, would have an employer they could go right to or some students right out of high school. I am definitely attracted to tech, medical technology, all forms of technology. If we could bring a nice technology company in here that would build a building, put workers and our union workers to work, put our local citizens to work at a higher paying wage job, that's success to me.
0: Okay. um, Next question goes to Treasurer Busher first. Uh, you already sit at the horseshoe at city council meetings. Please describe your relationship with members of the city council and tell us how you plan to communicate and work with the council over the next four years.
1: So one of the things I have talked to people about is during my campaign is the fact that it bothers me that our city council members who are truly your decision makers, those 10 council members are the decision makers of the city. The mayor is the deciding vote. So without those 10 council members nothing's gonna happen. And they seem to go on a fact-finding mission on most Tuesday nights. We need to communicate as an administration to those council members what's on the agenda, why it's on the agenda, and answer their questions. They also feel that there is not a way for them to get a hold of someone in our legal department in a fast, easy process. So I've already talked to someone who works in municipal government in another community And it is allowed that an attorney who works in the legal department would also have a desk in the council coordinator's office and spend a couple days a week in there. And the alderman will know that that attorney is there for them on those specific days of the week at all times. I want our aldermen to be empowered to do their job. They are the people who touch our citizens every day. We definitely need to empower our aldermen, communicate with them. And my relationship with the alderman is very good.
0: Mayor Langfelder, same question about relations with members of the City Council. Yeah, we have a good
2: relationship, and all you have to do is point to the successes. Coming out of the pandemic, Springfield is pointed to as being one of the top communities to be in post-pandemic. And we've done that by keeping the council together as well as our community during these very challenging and difficult times for all of us. With regards to communications, I communicate directly, some uh, Alderman, or all the women uh, text or call or what have you, so we have direct communication. Uh, My deputy mayor called them every week to see if they have any questions about the agenda or what's uh, being presented at city council. Uh, You have the city council coordinator as well, so uh, if there's issues, we probably should uh, have a discussion with the council members, with the coordinator, and how can that be improved upon. But with the changing dynamics, we've had any time you change a seat at the council, it changes the dynamics of the city council. So I understand that. So after the election, what I would do is sit down with each individual and see what their priorities are, but also their preferred way of communication.
0: Um, On to the next question, and this goes to the mayor first. What mix of hotel rooms and apartments would you like to see in what is now the 30-story Wyndham Hotel downtown?
2: (laughs) One that's successful. (laughs) But uh, really what it comes down to is Springfield's always had that challenge of what do we do 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock and after, you know, people go home from the workplace, things of that nature. And really to have a thriving downtown, you have to have that 24-7 living. But we understand the retailers and the uh, restaurants and uh, the importance of tourism, so you have to have that proper mix. So through the uh, long discussions that we had and, you know, some people say you're not getting along with the council. I think when the city council... Is discussing an issue as significant as Wyndham, that's passion. That shows you they care about our community regardless of where they live. And that's the most important part of an individual that serves the public. You want to see that burning desire to truly do what's in the best interest of the city. So we think the right formula is probably around 225, 250 uh, apartments, or I'm sorry, hotel rooms, with the uh, rest of the mix being uh, uh, the apartment space. But you have to have that convention space. Uh, to make sure you draw the tourism, but also you have that 24-7 living. And that's why I'm proud that we uh, have the Onorandak Lofts on Madison coming forward with 130 apartments market rate because they understand the importance of the medical community in downtown and what it means not only for Springfield, but for them looking to invest in a community.
0: Thank you. Uh, Treasurer Busher. Yes, sir.
1: On the Wyndham, there are currently some apartments in that building at this time. And that is the end of what I would support for apartments. I am in support of office to apartment conversion downtown. We have vacant office buildings that we can make into apartments. I am not in support of hotel to apartment conversion. My stand on this comes from talking to the retail business owners in downtown Springfield. When this issue came up and it became highly debated, I spent my time on my lunch breaks after work and on the weekends visiting the retail establishments downtown and talking to the business owners. And here's what they told me. Misty, if that becomes apartments, we, we lose conventions. We close our shop. The citizens of Springfield are not the people coming into our shops, buying merchandise on a daily basis. That is the people coming into our town for a convention and the visitors coming to see the Lincoln sites. So without those conventions, we would not have any business. So I don't want to see any more shuttered businesses downtown. That's why I have that desire to do office to apartment conversion.
0: Thank you. Uh, next question goes to Treasurer Busher first. Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell is among dozens of sheriffs in Illinois who say they will not enforce parts of the state's new assault weapons ban. Uh, It is, of course, in court, so we'll find out what happens to it. But if the law remains on the books, would you tell Springfield Police to fully enforce it?
1: I would definitely work with the command staff at the Springfield Police Department and the working men and women of the Springfield Police Department. I have deep respect for our police department. My own brother is a Springfield City police officer. Those men and women who protect us know what's best for us. Bernie, I don't own an assault weapon. I've never touched an assault weapon. So why would I pretend to be an expert at that? I would look at the experts that we hire at the city of Springfield, and I would lean on them to guide us on what is the right thing to do. Mayor, on the same question.
2: Yeah, we have a... uh... Great uh, police department, and we've worked hard uh, for that community engagement that's uh, proved beneficial. But we're not going to wait for the assault weapons ban if it comes to fruition. Uh, We're taking guns off the streets. And it's a sad situation when you think last year we took 425 guns off the streets. This year, through the proactive measures of the police department, they've taken over off the streets over 500 illegal guns. These are illegal guns. They're taken off the streets, and they're keeping our community safer because we've seen a drop in violent crime. But it's through that community engagement that they do uh, work with the community to provide safe protection. So uh, again, you know, with the police department, uh, Chief Scarlett's gonna be my chief for as long as he'd like to be, uh, because he provides that direction. Uh, but we'll see what the courts uh, do at that point in time and have that discussion if it comes to fruition. But the important thing is, we continue to enforce today's laws to remove illegal guns off the
0: streets. Uh, Okay. Um, To the mayor, uh, another issue recently brought up, uh, sadly in our city, the case of 35-year-old Earl Moore Jr., who was placed face down on an ambulance stretcher and died, has yielded murder charges against emergency workers. Do you think racial bias played a role in this incident, and should the city of Springfield take any action or change any policies in reaction to this case?
2: That's a uh, tragic situation and a very difficult, uh, you know, you're asking me to look into somebody's heart and what their intent was. But uh, if you look at the face value of it, that was not equal treatment to me. I mean, everybody that would have seen that video would understand that was not equal treatment. You know, that's how I look at a person, whether they're on the streets or whether we're serving them in any capacity, we should be treating them all the same. But with regards to this particular situation, we did uh, take a look at it. We had that discussion with Chief uh, Blau as well as Chief Scarlett. Uh, the one question we had or I had in particular, why wasn't the fire uh, called to, the, to that particular situation? So that's one change that will be happening is uh, they, should be, uh, they should have been called. I don't know why they weren't, but uh, that's one that has to be worked out with the 911 system. The other thing we have a uh, ongoing, uh, and this has been going on before this situation, is the discussion of ambulance services with the fire department, the private sector, as far as the ambulance companies and the hospitals. How can we make sure that we are providing the best coverage possible for the citizens of Springfield?
0: Uh, Treasurer Busher on, on the same case.
1: And... Uh, first of all, I would like to just say that um, anytime someone loses their life in our community, it is a sad day. And I pray for Mr. Moore's entire family because it was a bad situation. If it wasn't racial bias, it was sheer hate that drove the persons to do what they did. And that is not acceptable in our community. Not at all. I do believe that the city should talk to the ambulance companies because we license those companies at the city of Springfield. The fire chief has the authority to do so. Our Springfield firefighters who are very hardworking men and women have been discussing out loud about how they have to climb in the back of an ambulance to offer medical services because the ambulance companies do not have the proper personnel for it. That discussion has been going on for two years. Mr. Moore's life was lost. We all need to remember that and we need to remember as city officials, our responsibilities to hold all of our businesses accountable in Springfield.
0: Thank you. Um, I'm going to move on to something that's a little familiar to me, a political kind of question. So, Okay. Uh, and this goes to Treasurer Busher first. Um, and I'm going to set it up by just talking about both of you. Mayor Langfelder votes in Democratic primaries, but in 2016 didn't endorse in the Bruce Rauner-J.B. Pritzker race, saying that you have to work with any governor. Treasurer Busher, you attended Donald Trump's 2015 Springfield rally, uh, and then later announced you had moved from independent to Republican and thought that Donald Trump would bring a refreshing change. The office of mayor is officially nonpartisan, mm-hmm. but I'd like to know how you define your, yourself politically and how that affects your working with others and
1: people on all sides. I'm probably going to take the full two minutes here. Um, So uh, that was a question I answered when you interviewed me, interviewed me, Bernie, with who I um, voted for in the presidential election. And I voted for the candidate who I thought was gonna bring new jobs, job creation, corporations back to our states, building cars. That was a promise that was made by that person. I came from a finance background and it was important to me that we had jobs back in our community, hardworking jobs. That person did not govern the way I thought they would with that vote. And I'm sure I'm not the only person sitting in this room that voted for someone who did not govern the way you thought they would. And I say that because our last 10 governors four landed in prison. So I'm sure that I'm not the only one. Are
0: you talking about president? Who are you talking about bringing cars? President Trump? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. So that's the answer there. As far as how I would govern as mayor, we are nonpartisan and I think it's no secret that I have Democrats and Republicans helping me along the way and on my team. When you govern, you have to govern like the American Eagle. The American Eagle is the symbol of freedom for us. It has a right wing and a left wing. It doesn't have two right wings, it won't go anywhere. It doesn't have two left wings, it won't go anywhere. But I will govern with a right wing and a left wing so Springfield can soar. Yeah. Right. As a follower, are you able to say who you
0: voted for for president in 2020 in the Trump Biden race?
1: I will tell you who I will vote for in every city election, and it will be when I'm on the ballot and it's me. (laughs) Okay. And
0: the other the other big race that just happened, because I'm going to ask the mayor also, uh, there was the Darren Bailey, uh, J.B. Pritzker race. Can you say how you voted on that one?
1: I have learned that I am okay to have boundaries and not talk about my voting record.
0: Okay. Um, Mayor, uh, same question to you about, uh, uh, well, and, for example, there was the mm-hmm. non-endorsement in the Roner pritzker race, which some Democrats were mad at you about. <laughs> uh, where are you on the continuum today? Well, people getting mad
2: at the, uh, with the mayor on a certain decision that comes with the territory. I mean, that's not the easiest seat to make the decisions, and you have to make difficult decisions. Sometimes you have backers that uh, donate tens of thousands of dollars, and you go against them. And uh, that's not easy, but you have to take the stance and using the— uh, you know, the symbolism of the American Eagle, you have to make sure the American Eagle has no strings attached because the American Eagle stands for America. And that's why we have to do what's in the best interest of the city. But with regards to the what uh, the whole thing with the Rahner, Pritzker, uh, you do have to work with whoever you're uh, dealing with. So I did work with Governor Rahner. That's how we uh, move forward with some initiatives. I worked with Governor Pritzker. Uh, Thankfully, they had the capital bill, and the importance of that, we secured funding for the capital bill, and that allowed us to get $125 million for that project that was leveraged with the federal dollars to make it uh, complete or nearing completion by 2025. But with regards to myself, I am a Kennedy Democrat. Some people in today's world would view that as a Republican. But what it stands for is standing up for the people and understanding the fiscal constraints that you have. But you don't lose sight of serving the public. That's what this is all about, and that's what is my moral compass with regards to the mayor's office, and that's how I serve the public.
0: Thank you, Mayor. As a a follow, uh, can you say if you voted for Governor Pritzker over Darren Bailey this year?
2: I voted for Governor Pritzker twice.
0: And uh, did you also vote for President Biden, and would you do so again if he runs? I voted for uh,
2: the president, and uh, I would have to wait and see. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Okay next question. Uh, we'll go back to a city issue now. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the mayor, uh, what plans uh, would you implement to help the city, uh, or are you implementing, or w- or, and will you, to get ready for the phase-out of coal-fired electric generation in coming decades?
2: Well, really, the key to energy, and we should learn this from a pandemic, anything can happen. You have to have a balanced energy resource. So, in my estimation, that will include uh, coal to some degree, and we're moving forward with the University of Illinois through a partnership through a carbon capture project. We've already done a pilot where it captured, I think it was 98% of the carbon, and you use it for a viable byproduct for farming and agriculture. And then uh, the importance of that is we're scaling it up to the next level, and if it proves successful, which it probably will, they'll go full scale on Dahlman Four. That's our uh, unit that's built to the 2030 Obama Uh, energy standards. But the importance of that carbon capture, it will prove successful and it will open up economic and environmental uh, markets across the globe. Because we can do everything we want to in the United States, but if we allow China and um, India and other countries to pollute to their heart's content, it's not going to do any good. I'll just give you one example. I've mentioned this many times. We had a a visiting mayor from Janine City, China, pre-pandemic, and he asked how many power plants you have. I said, one. I said, how many coal-fired power plants do you have? 33 in one city. They didn't have scrubbers or anything of that nature, so you can imagine the damage they're doing to our environment. But it's going to be a proper mix with natural gas. We're partnering with EmberClear as well as solar and coal. But the thing is, when someone needs to turn up the heat to get heat in the cold months or air conditioning or you want to flip on the lights, you want to make sure that it happens with a reliable source of power.
0: Thank you, Mayor. Uh, Treasurer Busher the future without eventually without coal.
1: So it's clear that we were, we will have to stop generating power with our coal fired power plant with what is going on in our entire country with the stopping of those sorts of plants and the pollution that is created. But we do not want to lose city water, light and power. Our citizens don't want to lose city water, light and power. This comes up when I knock on doors all the time. We need base load power generation, and there's different ways we can go about that in addition to renewable energy. So we need a balance of renewables, and right now renewables are really expensive and it's hard to get solar panels because of the supply chain issues. So when the timing is right and the price is right, we have to increase our footprint on renewables. But then we also need a base load power generation, and we need to explore And I've talked to some of our engineers at City Water, Light, and Power. And then my husband and I went and met with some engineers at Paducah Power in Paducah, Kentucky. And we talked about the options of what we could do to generate our own baseload power from City Water, Light, and Power. I'm already working on that issue for you.
0: Thank you. Um, This next question will go to Treasurer Busher first campaign finance reports show that you are getting significant support from labor unions. Mm-hmm. What is your relationship with labor? Do strong unions help or hurt the city and its government? And should the city administration enforce all rules in union contracts?
1: So we have coffee every Saturday, right? I'm kidding. We don't, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm a practical joker at heart. Um, got that from my dad <laughs> over there. Uh, My, my relationship with unions is I'm a woman of my word and the unions know I'm a woman of my word. And my word is project labor agreements are not in place at the city of Springfield when they need to be. And then if there is something in place for a project labor agreement or so that we're paying prevailing wage, we don't monitor it right now. We've been caught for lack of better words with our pants down, not monitoring it. So labor knows that I will enforce the rules we have on the books, and that's all they're asking for is someone for enforcement with the rules to be fair. That's all they want. That's my relationship. a fair mayor.
0: Mayor Langfelder. And what was the question, please? Question is. Um, Treasurer Busher is getting uh, some. Clearly some campaign finance support from unions in town. What is your relationship with labor? Do strong unions help or hurt the city and its government? And should the city administration enforce all rules in union contracts?
2: Yeah, I think it depends who you ask. If you ask the the hierarchy of uh, some unions they're you know, we've, uh, you know, bucked heads, sort of speak. And then uh, the rank and file, though, they don't even understand why they're not supporting me. So it cuts across the uh, whole dynamic of the unions. But with regards to the relationship, I think we have a good relationship, uh, so good that during when we were building the YMCA project, two of the unions came in and they were asking uh, why one union was doing uh, the work of, that they would typically do. So that's the importance of a project labor agreement, to make sure everybody does the work that they're, uh, you know, they've been trained to do and move forward in that direction. So uh, for us, we're doing a PLA with the... Uh, Fire stations, uh, and really with the private sector, if they're putting in private funds, it's their decision whether they want to do project labor agreements. Now, if they're receiving city resources, of course, you have to abide by city rules, paying prevailing wage, things of that nature. But the importance of what we need to do and the direction we need to take is rebuilding our community and that's through pre-apprenticeship opportunities. And that's what we're trying to do with Bone Training Center that was blocked by the city council, it shouldn't have been, to rebuild houses. And we've all heard about dilapidated houses. We brought that initiative forward. Unfortunately, it got blocked, I think, by a union or unions. Uh, But really, that's the future, is how do you partner together to make sure that we have the qualified workforce, whether they're in the union, at least have this pre-apprentice program so we can
0: rebuild our future for all of us. Thank you. Uh, next question goes to the mayor first, Mayor Langfelder. The the so-called Y block downtown <laughs> remains a field of grass. How long would you like, or, or how would you like to see that area developed? And why is it taking so long?
2: But now it's called the Y block, and I want to go, Y block. <laughs> That's what we want to do. But actually, uh, you know, we, it's development ready. I think uh, this, <laughs> this got caught up in the last governor's election uh, with Governor Ronner. He had a $9 million proposal to redo the block. And um, I was embarrassed to say when I was at the U.S. Conference of Mayors, they touted, uh, it was Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And they touted the mayor because he used like $600,000 of TIF funds uh, to redo an area and revitalize their downtown. I used a million dollars on the Bicentennial Plaza, which everybody likes. It was under, uh, I believe, one of PLA, they did union work. Ninety-eight percent of our work is done by the unions. Uh, but I got blasted for that. But it's a transformational project. We did the underground water tank storage uh, to help with the drainage on the Y block and brought the uh, help bring the Levitt Concert Series, thanks to Lisa Stott and DSI and others um, to make that continue. And they're investing in it again because they want to see that develop. But it got caught up in a governor's race. And I think uh, the current governor definitely saw that and stepped away. And he wants to know what's important to us as a community. What would you like to see? Hi Kayla, and she's with DSI now carrying the banter. But uh, what we're doing is working with DSI and others to make it a usable block. It will be a public space for everybody's enjoyment. Uh, and moving forward in that direction. So it really magnifies the importance in bringing people downtown and also tourism, and things of that nature. So we'll work with the state and the uh, community partners to Th- develop it. Thank, thank,
0: you, thank you, Mayor. Uh, Treasurer Busher on the Y block.
1: So there was a promise four years ago in the mayoral race that downtown would be revitalized through the completion of the Ferguson booth building and the Y block have something on it. It's still just grass so i decided about what questions you're going to ask me bernie and uh, i thought this would be one of them and i closed my eyes and thought what would i like to see there and as a dreamer what i want to see would be an outdoor cinema like movies in the park so that we still have green space down there in the downtown area for the people who live downtown the people who visit we could have movies and it would complement the levitt amp series it would still be green space We could have baseball games on, and it would create fun activity for downtown Springfield. When you go to the Levitt Amp Series and you go down there and you see the musicians on stage, I see friends from Pleasant Plains, New Berlin. People come into our town for that concert series. So let's do something else on that green space to create excitement, but also have a nice space downtown where there is green space where people can hang out.
0: Thank you. Uh, this question goes to you first, Treasurer Busher. Uh, what would be your specific plan? And I know there are some there's plans around in town. But what would be your specific plan that you would get behind to get people who are now homeless off the streets and to provide them opportunities?
1: So the homeless initiative is something near and dear to my heart. A little over two years ago, the Center for Health and Housing was proposed, and it was supported by our medical district financially and it was supported by some of our aldermen and alderwomen, and it was stopped. And for two years, we just kind of left the homeless population hang out. And that wasn't okay with me. These are human beings, people with thoughts, feelings, hearts, and problems. That's why they're homeless. They're not homeless because their life is exactly where they want it to be. So we as a community need to do something. I commend the heartland continuum of care for the project they have put forward. Their plan is to get the homeless population into transitional housing, housing. And then they eventually want to get those homeless persons into functional zero, which means they're in permanent housing. I will support this from day one as mayor. The other initiative I want to compliment is Sangamon County took the reins on this homeless situation. And they are going to convert part of the juvenile detention center for the helping hand. So we have a 24-hour shelter, which we do not have, for families, fathers with children, mothers with children. Because right now, families can't stay together in a shelter. This shelter is what we need. And I will also support that initiative from day one as mayor. Thank you. Mayor Langfelder.
0: Yeah, the uh, Center
2: for Health and Housing, that was supported by probably 98% of our community. Right concept, wrong location. And it passed city council. The reason it didn't go forward is a potential lawsuit. And people think it was a zoning lawsuit. It wasn't a zoning lawsuit. It, was, it would have been a civil rights lawsuit, 2019. Pandemic hits, and we all saw what unfolded across our country. We had social unrest because people's voices weren't being heard except in Springfield. We listened to the East side. They were tired of places of that piling up on 11th Street. So we brought a proposal to change it and uh, put it on 9th Street, but the city council didn't want to hear that. We asked for a 30-day extension, which is 100% automatic. Didn't matter what type of zoning, automatic that the council would approve, a 30-day extension for a contentious neighborhood issue. Alderman Gregory had the fortitude to asked for that extension, it was turned down, turned down. So uh, wrong location where we've been, people haven't been hanging out. Thanks to the Salvation Army and Helping Hands, they partnered during the pandemic, they housed all the homeless and they protected them during the pandemic. The city of Springfield protected them through funding the Salvation Army low barrier shelter for anybody that needed supportive services. And we partnered with Memorial to provide those supportive services. We have a homeless outreach team to uh, work with people on the streets to get them into a better position in life. And we'll continue to work with the continuum of care to make sure that the Heartland Housing Project, along with wraparound services, is a success.
0: Okay, thank you, Mayor. Mm -hmm. Um, I will now move to the water question, a water question. Mm -hmm. Uh, It goes to the Mayor first. Springfield has spent decades seeking permits to build a second lake as a water source. With phasing out of coal-fired plants that use a lot of water and with more water-saving plumbing fixtures, should the city continue in its quest for the lake, for the second lake, or abandon that option?
2: Uh, Without a doubt, we're getting a recorded decision within a year. And uh, previously, discussions with Army Corps of Engineers, they said that it was uh, kind of disrupted when you have a change of administrations that loses the focus on the direction we need to take. So they wanted to make sure that we were committed to having a secondary source of water and moving forward through that whole process, which we did. And they said we'd have a record of decision on Hunter Lake, whether yes or no. But the important thing, we have to have a backup water source. The reason being, we're a regional supplier of water. We supply our bedroom communities. Chatham has our own water source. They've called us at least 10 times to supply water. Otherwise, they'd have a boil order. But the cities that grow in the future have to have a quality, reliable source of water. And we have that with Lake Two, but we need to have a backup water source because we have no backup plan. Our backup plan is damming the Sangman River, and that would be catastrophic for the region. So you look at what's happening out west and you understand the importance of water, but again, the, uh, the future definitely is with water, and you have to follow through with the process and get that record of decision and move forward in that direction.
0: So you, you're a Lake Two advocate still? Yes, sir. Um, Treasurer Busher.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, Going out, knocking on doors, talking to the public, this is a question that comes up often. Because the public says this has gone on since the 1960s. I wasn't even born yet. So this has gone on for a very long time. Hunter Lake is a secondary water source that an application is currently on file by our administration to be built. From the Army Corps of Engineers, they're looking for approval. If approved, the only way this lake should be built would be if it is deep enough for sport fishing, has horseback riding trails, walking trails, camping, and it's true recreational purpose in addition to the secondary water source. But we have to have a discussion with you, our citizens, because this comes with a price, a very large price tag. And you need to be told what it's going to cost to build it because the city doesn't have the money just sitting around. Our water fund is very low. You also need to keep in mind our current lake, Lake Springfield, we've neglected for quite some time. So if we're not taking care of one lake, how are we gonna take care of two lakes? If the application is not approved, we need to look at the value of the land and use the land for its highest and best resource
0: but if the application is improved you would go ahead and build if you ki- if you could
1: the first thing i would do would be having uh we would put together the cost and we would have a discussion with our citizens of what that cost would be if we bond it out your water bills are going to go up okay it's a fact so what do the citizens want do they want that
0: i will go uh i think one more question before that commercial break um uh, treasurer busher uh, Springfield's is Springfield's east side getting enough attention from the city administration and how do you balance development and redevelopment in that older part of town with new development on the west side and elsewhere
1: so I do not believe our east side is getting the attention it needs I think we have neglected our responsibilities on the east side of Springfield I live in the north side of Springfield and we have older areas there that have been neglected as well my husband has a business in Ward 3 It's been neglected in that area. What we need to do to start off on the east side is curb appeal. We need to start taking care of the streets, the curbs, the sidewalks. We need to have an adopt a street program where we keep the streets cleaned, picked up and beautified. When businesses come into town and we drive them around and tell them we want them to put their business on the east side, we need to show them we're proud of that area. So we need to take care of it ourselves. So, the first thing I would do is curb appeal, put my money where my mouth is, and fix up our infrastructure on the east side.
0: Mayor Langfelder, enough attention to that part of town. It needs, uh,
2: it always needs attention uh, with regards to you drive through any part of the community and you want all of it to be thriving, right? And so, uh, with the east part of the town, uh, especially. Uh, we put forward initiatives that were essentially blocked by the city council. I mentioned the one with Calvin Pitts and Bone Training. How do you redo um, five houses? But we're going to magnify that. We're not giving up. And uh, sometimes you get the calls, and they're difficult. Uh, and, uh, for instance, Salvation Army. We uh, had a shelter. It was right across the street from Horseman. The trains were supposed to be moved over there. I made the difficult decision to move it over to where it's at now. Gold's Gym—it's a community center. It's providing services, whether it's medical, housing assistance, also food, and also activities for the youth. And so we're turning that whole area into a teen empowerment zone. Partnering, looking at those initiatives. But when I cast that vote, it's five-five. I had to cast the deciding vote. Teresa Haley, who I consider a friend, Channel 20 interviewed her. Said, "What do you think of Mayor Langfelder?" "To hell with Mayor Langfelder." So next day, I called her up said, hey, Teresa, how's it going? Oh, everything's fine. She's ready to move on to the next project because she understands the importance of working together. Not all everybody in our community understands that, but we appreciate that. And one of the initiatives was the NAACP Back at School program. During the pandemic, the council blocked improving an initiative for their building so they could get children out of the house back into school where they needed to be with the NAACP. I made the decision to take that expenditure. I got criticized by the council, but those are the types of decisions you have to make because it's in the best interest of our city.
0: And with that, we'll take uh, five minutes to relax. Live coverage continues momentarily here on 92.7 WMAY-FM, Taylorville, Springfield.